Welcome back to the Not Just Bikini Gold podcast. This is your host, Jasmine Jeffrey. And today I'm going to go through the Q&A that I put up on the Instagram stories. But firstly, can I just like let you all know that we have officially upgraded. So I'm actually talking into a microphone, which is the weirdest thing, but I feel like it's needed. It's been only three and a half years, four years, whatever it is. So I feel right, it's finally time to like upgrade the whole podcast game. So yeah, hopefully this is better quality. I'll start using these for like interviews as well. So yeah, upgrading, which is exciting. But let's go into these questions. Um, I won't say people's names just so I can just be, don't cover all bases, but I've got an interesting mix. So the first one is coping with body dysmorphia, body acceptance post-show. So so ideally you want to be kind of preempting how you're going to be dealing slash coping slash managing this sort of like post-show part of the process but if you are in it right now dealing with body dysmorphia and body acceptance post-show it is kind of like shifting your mindset so the things that personally help me with this is being really like mindful of how often are you looking in the mirror how much focus is on the physique right now and if is that really warranted is it needed in addition to that no pay attention to your social media feeds is it full of competing or is there a good mixture I always talk about kind of having a mixture of things on your algorithm like on your own feed just because it does help with the post-show sort of scenario um, and it kind of helps you get into the into a different mindset of what is I guess like the new norm um, because when you yeah when you do prep like seeing your body in a certain way it starts to become normal and it's kind of just like flipping it on its head and thinking right what can I do from like a proactive point of view to make sure that I appreciate prep for what it is but also I understand, I accept, and I look forward to the days that I am going to be a higher body fat, for example. And it's one, like, it's really hard to say this is exactly, like, what you need to do because it takes time. Like, it does take time. It takes a couple of years sometimes um, or a couple of months to get your head into that new way of thinking. But for me personally, I've found that moving away slightly from my feed being full of compete um, competitors and more towards you know people like something like Kim Kardashian for example right people that are higher body fat that you actually do really look up to because they make you it will make you think well if I can look at that person who has a higher body fat who isn't a competitor and think they look amazing then why can't I think the same for myself so that has personally helped me the next question how to learn how to eat intuitively slash not obsess over calorie counting post-show. This is going to be a really annoying answer, but there's no way how to learn how to eat intuitively. You have to kind of, you have to accept that it's not going to be perfect. There isn't going to be like a linear, I found anyway, when I was doing things more intuitively, like there were great days and there were days where it worked like it was difficult right but that's that's the reason you're doing 
this, if that's what you're trying to do, not obsess over calorie counting and eat intuitively. This is the only way you're going to learn is if you experience like your own groove and your own way of doing things. And sometimes it is going to be when you know, you're able to not over obsess and you can kind of eat intuitively like quote unquote normal. But there are going to be days that like it is going to feel like, like oh, my God. There's all these options and you do probably eat a little bit more than you probably would do on a good day of eating intuitively. But I would say kind of just like research, do as much research as you can. Amelia Thompson is a really good one to kind of get some tips and like information and like advice that she puts on her social media about how to eat intuitively and not obsess over calorie counting. Stephanie Buttermore is another really good one, but if it is something that you want, you are trying to do a bit more and it's becoming a bit like overwhelming, then you don't have to go like, you know, you, one week you're calorie counting and the next week you've gone on complete like 180 and you're doing, you've gone all in on like the intuitive eating. If that's a bit too overwhelming for you, then just try a day. Like that's what I've got into, especially in the off season. Like my Saturdays with, well, my Saturdays at the moment before the season starts up again is more about just relaxing with my husband spending time with him and also I don't actually track anything on that day so it started to become more of like an intuitive day where I just eat what I want and I'm not trying to hit macros before I have my free meal and for me that's actually been a really really nice like way of doing it obviously a few years ago when was it 2019 um, I was doing everything intuitively just because I felt the food focus was high, hormones weren't in a good spot, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, like there's no, how to learn how to eat intuitively. Like there isn't a one fit, this is how you do it. Because the way I've done it, it's probably not going to be the best way for you and vice versa. But it is kind of accepting that dealing with body dysmorphia, accepting your body post-show and eating intuitively all of these things I personally have found have been through trial and error. And it's without, if you don't do the trial and error, you don't think you're going to nail it the way that you want to do it. So yeah, I hope that helps. Next one, glute band activation. Is it a must? Do the pros do it? Always been intrigued. Mm. I'll be honest, I'm probably the best person to ask for this. Like I know training, but I don't know training, if that makes sense. <laughs> Like, I know more than probably the average folk, but in this industry, I definitely don't. I don't think all the pros do it, to be honest. I don't think all the pros do it. And I always, when I see them doing something, I'm like, yeah, but do you do that? Or are you just saying that you do that? I don't know why I think that. Probably a bad thing. But yeah, I, I don't, I think it's just if you feel like you need it. Because what I've learned from Joe, like, you don't need to activate your glutes before you do your main movements because your glutes get activated when you're doing that movement. Like you don't need a pre-enter. Like you can just go into it. And it's not as if like, because you haven't done these activation things with the glute band, it doesn't mean when you go into a squat, like your, your glutes are not gonna activate and do what they need to do. Because if that was the case, then you just collapse on the floor. So I like you know, test and trial it if you want to go for it do it but I always these days I like I look at what the pros are doing but I kind of take my own judgment um and I test and try things and if I feel like it's kind of pointless then I'll just 
scrap it <laughs> and just get rid of it. The next one, who would you love as a guest on the podcast? Um, it's not like related to competing, but I would like to have someone like Anthony Joshua. So back in the day when I did marketing as my main job and I went to Manchester, I like, this is mad. My job interview, I turned up to this random warehouse and the guy, like my manager was like, oh, hi, like, nice to meet you. So your job interview today, I thought I'd do something a bit different. I was like, okay. And then I literally go around the corner and Anthony Joshua is standing there. This was back in like 2016, right? He's just standing there. And I'm like, okay, um, what do you want me to do? Because I want you to interview this guy. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, this is just, what the hell is going on? And then I interviewed him. It was a good crack. Um, and luckily, because I didn't really know a lot about boxing, I just did the how many cups of tea do you have and random stuff. And it managed to get me the job, right? And then from there, I was actually, I had, the, you know, I was very, very blessed to be able to interview him quite a few times, but I never got to interview him in the way that I wanted to. It was very much, you know, for show and for the business that we were working in, all about, you know, well, what are you going to do? It's all about getting the hype. Do you know what I mean? And I've always, I really wanted to, and I, I would love to understand his psychology, his mindset, his values, and what keeps him driving, what keeps him like focused and grounded. I've always wanted to know that. Every time I was interviewing him, I was like, oh, we don't, I don't care about like what you think about Tyson Fury going after you. Like, I really don't care. I want to know about something else. And I know that sounds really random, but I do. When I first came into competing, um, I found a lot of inspiration from other athletes outside of the sport. And one podcast I listened to was I'm Not You, and it's still going now, and I really do recommend it. But I do find you get a lot of insight from those different athletes and how they approach things. So yeah, very random, but I would really like to have answer Joshua. <laughs> because there's so many questions I wanted to ask him and I just wasn't like, it's not like I wasn't allowed to, but it was kind of like, you have five minutes, you've got to get what we want to get and then that was it. So what bikini colours do you think will be most popular this year? Hands down, it's going to be what was in the first call outs for Olympia. So it's going to be like a blue purple sort of tones like a dark blue purpley yeah I'd say it's probably going to be like that sort of thing just because usually whatever happens in first call outs with Olympia really just starts to trickle down so that's what I think but I'm not a bikini expert by any chance but yeah I do think that's going to be quite popular what's your favorite off-plan meal oh my god I hate these questions I find this really hard because some days I just want an Indian then other days I'm just I don't care and I just let Joe decide so hmm I do like an Indian I'll be honest like I do like an Indian takeaway so my go-to is like tandoori chicken um with paneer and then and then I do like to have like a pishwari naan with it and then see I always have like ice cream every week but I'm not really like a massive ice cream person I'd say I'm more like a brownie cookie sort of girl so yeah, I think that would be my uh, my favourite off-plan meal, but I don't know. Ask me when I'm in prep, because I'll probably say something different. <laughs> okay, what do you love and hate slash dislike the most in the bodybuilding world? Okay, let's start off with the positive. What do I love the most? So for me, I love that, like, you just don't know where it's going to take you. Like, you really have no idea where it's going to take you both mentally, in business, 
the relationships you have with people, how far you're going to go with the sports, how much you're going to learn, like continue to learn. The people have really made it for me. And even now, like how kind everyone is and how supportive everyone is, like I love that side of it. I especially, it sounds a bit weird, I especially like people in this industry that either first timers or people in the industry that have managed to still stay very grounded and they're still the same people even after the success and things that have happened to them after. I really do like that about the sport and I, I, I really do appreciate the people that were there around you know they're supporting me or just you know giving me the time of day and still continue to now I really do appreciate those people so I think that's what I like most I think hopefully I've answered the question <laughs> but I just think it's cool that you just never know where you're going to end up and what the industry can give you and what it does for other people and the people that you meet because like that's the main thing really like show day is great but it's the people and I always think even like a work situation doesn't matter like what your job is if you are with the right people then you will stay in that job because of the people that are in it not because of the job itself yeah I hope that makes sense what do I hate slash dislike the most Hmm. it's something that I'm trying to change it is something that I am trying to change because when I first came into the industry, I didn't like how some people had a chip on their shoulder. And this isn't like the industry in particular, because I feel like this is any industry you go into. But I don't like how politics can be around. I try <laughs> I try as much as I can. What I say to people is I try and keep my little bubble. So my bubble is... Like, this stuff doesn't happen, it's not existing, and I don't, like, I don't want to get involved in any of it. And the people that I have around me from, like, athletes, friends, family, um, I'm really, really cautious of who I have in this said bubble. Because it only takes one person to ruin the culture and ruin, like, the vibe. And what I feel like I've kind of (laughs) managed so far to, like, avoid. But I think sometimes it's frustrating when there's, like, there's politics and someone's being nice to you when you know they're not I find that quite hard I find like in the nicest way like if I don't like someone I find it hard to like act like the best mate I can't do it I'm shit at poker (laughs) I'm so shit at poker so yeah I think it's hard because I don't I don't I, I just think it's people in general um I find it hard when people for example that ignored me didn't give me the time of day a few years ago now when they see me they're like oh hi jazz and all this stuff and I'm just sitting there going "Mm, I remember you I remember when you ignored me I remember you when you like blanked me do you know what I mean and I find that even now so I've moved back to my old hometown where I went to school right and the people that used to bully me so hard are now whenever I see them in town they're super oh my god hey Jazz, how are you and like I'm just standing there going you made my life fucking hell you made my life a nightmare for five straight years and made me cry in the toilet and you used to call me fat and all this stuff and now you're coming to me being my best mate I'm like nah not having this so yeah I don't think that's like a industry thing I think it's just like you know it's not industry specific um I can never say that word but 
I don't like it when people disregard you and then when they think you're now something or someone even though you have you're, you're exactly the same person they then act differently towards you that's what I don't like because I like to think that people want to talk to me because they just want to talk to me not for anything else um so yeah that was a very very long-winded answer I'm so sorry somebody you would love to interview that you haven't done yet yeah same thing Auntie Joshua I would just don't know it isn't any athlete if I had to choose someone that is dead don't know why I'm choosing that but I would like to speak to um my granddad again really would like to speak to him again just to to know hear what he thinks about this mad stuff that I um that I do now and I there's so many times even now that I think oh I'd love to have like his input on things so yeah I'd like I'd like to have obviously the anti Joshua or like an athlete from outside of the sport because I just think you can get so much influence but I would really love to speak to my granddad again like really would love to so yeah um how do you approach food in off-season tracking slash non-tracking this has changed all the time this really has changed constantly and I'm, I'm not bothered about it changing constantly I think it can be hard in the off season when you're looking at some people that are like, no team, no team, no days off, and I only eat this. And it's just like, oh, shut up. Um, <laughs> I'm just like, shut up. Okay, you do you, boo. But at the moment, so I, in December, when the house was like happening and stuff, I went to tracking and I hadn't tracked like and used my fitness power for bloody ages. But it served a purpose because I was constantly out the house. I didn't have time to prep food. I was having to literally buy on the go. And it was amazing. Um, I then switched to a meal plan. So that was great. And I'm still on a meal plan now. But I still, like, I switch things out as and when. So if if there's if Joe's eating all bananas, like, I'm not going to have a meltdown. Like, I just throw in an apple instead or put some raspberries in. And then my Saturdays at the moment are kind of like my intuitive days. It, it wasn't planned like that. It kind of just happened to be like that. So, yeah, I still have those. I think I'll be honest, like there will still be days and I will still allow myself times in the off season. Like if I don't want to track a damn thing, I won't. I think sometimes when you're trying to like deprive or restrict in that sense, it only bites you later on in the off season. When the off season is actually the time, if you want it to be, to have that flexibility and like you kind of yeah like don't worry about it if you're tracking or not tracking like I kind of it really just changed all the time for me but at the moment um I am am I not tracking if it's a meal plan am I not tracking or tracking I'm meal planning with an intuitive day on Saturday because that's just the way that it's rolled but at the same time if like I want something different. I'll just have something different. And in the off season, this is the way I do things. I'm not saying anyone else has to. Judge me if you will. But I just, I don't kind of, I don't search the, like Joe's given me the macros luckily on the side. So I kind of just like roughly hit it. But if I'm five grams over my carbs, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna go, oh shit. Like if, I think I just got to that point when it's like, you just got to look at the bigger picture and not stress about the small things in off season, especially when things are busy, like in the off season, you have more energy. So naturally you're probably going to be a bit more busier, like business, there's going to be social things. I personally don't find it's the time to be beating yourself up. So um, yeah, that's kind of how I tend to do things at the moment, but it might change. Okay. 
both of these next ones so one of them is any competing plans for 2021 and then the next one is have you chosen shows for yourself this year right we have chosen folks bloody hard decision i was going back and forth for freaking ages <laughs> initially i was going to do i'll be honest i do want to keep it still on the download but initially i was going to do one plan which would mean that I would be coming in a lot leaner and then reversing out for shows later on but that would have meant that I would have to start dieting now and because I've only just started working with my husband Joe on like a coaching basis I do feel like there's a bit more like push in me in terms of the off season so I should be starting prep like July sort of time I think July yeah I think July sort of time I should be starting my prep so that means that it's going to be at the back end of the year one reason for that and the reason why I've done the prep well I've decided to do the prep that I want to do I am going to do there's so many things I want to do with this business still to this day and there was loads of things that last year I wasn't able to do because obviously shows weren't happening naturally sales were lower so I wasn't able to really invest in that way that I wanted to and as much as I really wanted to prep this year for some other shows, I kind of wanted to be a bit more smarter and bit, I guess being a bit more realistic. Like I had to really sit down with Joe and think, right, is me doing a really harsh and crazy long season and a long prep and a more harsher prep? Is that really going to be realistic? if I want to still have the energy to do what I want to do with the podcast and with the business. And it's not to say that I couldn't do it, but I don't see the point in doing it, if that makes sense. So I'm trying to be a bit more tactical. So I'm not kind of feeling like what my worry is that I do try and do too many things, get a bit cocky. And then instead of getting amazing results at everything I want, I get like mediocre results because I've stretched myself too far. So at the moment, like I'm kind of just keeping things very much close to my chest. Just honestly, like for no mad, crazy reason. I just like, I think from last year when I did the diet, you know, I kept it off social media for the first couple of months. and I just kind of kept it to the download. I just enjoyed it. I just enjoyed, I enjoyed doing it. And it really confirmed to me that I was doing what I was doing for myself and not feeling the pressure that I had to do it because that's the last thing you want to do like you don't want to be going into a prep feeling like you like you've got to do it and I don't want to be getting into that so there are plans to compete this year we will be announcing soon but when I'm in a good groove I'll I'll do it I'll I'll say for now under the wraps um I'm just excited for everyone else to be honest (laughs) even now like I know like as much as I'm excited for my own prep I do like helping everyone else with theirs. So, um, yeah. Right. Last one. What to say when leaving your coach for a new one? Oh, it's hard, isn't it? It literally feels like the biggest breakup of your life. And it's such a hard one when you've been probably working with them for quite a long time. What I have found, though, is for you, it's like you're so worried. But for the coach, like it's not their first time that someone's decided to stop working with them. So don't worry. Don't worry that you're going to hurt their feelings because they should be used to it in the nicest way. Like, you know, not every single client stays with their coach for the whole time. I always just think like start with the positive. 
So, you know, thank them for all the work that they've put into you. Thank them for the experience, everything you've learned. And then it kind of depends, like, depends what, who you're going to. Like, I don't feel like you need to say who you're going to. You really don't need to. But I'd say something along the lines of, you know, firstly, just want to say like, the biggest thank you for all the hard work that like we've done, like you've put into me. I've learned so much from you. Really, really do appreciate it. However, I feel like I'm, it's that time that I feel like I'd like to start working with, I don't know, start working with someone else or do things by myself or just feel like you, there's someone that you feel like might be a bit more suited to you and just saying, you know, I, I really wish you the most success. If there's anything else I can do to support you or help you, please do let me know. Something along those lines. With Cal, actually, because I've always, if I've ever like kind of terminated or cancelled anything with a coach, it's always been like just like WhatsApp or email. I did actually call Cal though because Cal from the Muscle Mentors was just like so good to me, and he's still a really good friend of me. And Joe's obviously like Joe coaches Cal, so <laughs> it's still you know we're still uh, we're still cool. But I just called, I just gave, I just called him. I got really emotional actually, and it's funny though because like Cal's like you know he's it's 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 not his first rodeo. It won't be that the coach that you're counseling things with like you won't be the first one so in your head it's a big thing but once you've done it you'll feel so much better and I think sometimes you can put it off for weeks and weeks and weeks so I knew for maybe two to three weeks that I wanted to have Joe coach me but I was like so worried like so so worried but yeah I think just you know be respectful thank them for their time and the thing is, if they have a dick back, then that just shows that they you've definitely, you know, you've dodged a bullet there and just crack on. Um, but a good coach will be understanding. I did say to Cal as well, I said, I just want to say, like, if you'd have me back. I said, hey, if, for, if for any reason, like, you know, things don't work out with Joe, I would love to have you back. I think that's a nice way to end it because I honestly would go back to Cal if things with Joe didn't work out but things are great with Joe but um, yeah I hope that helps and I hope this hasn't been like a crazy long episode but I enjoyed that I didn't I made such a conscious effort not to look at the questions because I didn't want to preempt anything or pre-plan but I will probably do one of these next couple of months something like that so yeah hope you've enjoyed catch you guys in the next episode and um, shout out to Holly because I've had to go in and out of this episode with dogs barking and craziness happening. So, yeah, appreciate you, Holly. Thank you.